Hello, this is Maya and welcome back to Making It Big. Hey, and this is Harry. And in today's episode, we are joined by the model and co-founder of Able Model Management, James Marshall Bakidano. But the hardest thing, honestly, to do is just start. So if you have an idea, I'd say make a plan and then make a start because I guarantee 90% of the time it's not going to go the way you planned it to. Drawing on his creative background and inspired by his own modelling experiences, James is set on disrupting the modelling industry by highlighting the concept that fashion is for everyone. In this episode, we discuss how he got started, the wider issues of representation in the media, as well as the transformation from goodwill project to a sustainable social enterprise. Stay tuned to this episode to hear some incredible stories from behind the scenes of what it's like to shift change in such an established industry. Okay, so hi James, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for asking. No, I'm, I'm good, enjoying uh, the sun in Bristol. Yeah, so, yeah, no, for sure. Life. Um, Okay, so tell us a bit about yourself then. And so essentially, who are you and what do you do? Uh, so yeah, my name's James. Um, I'm 24. And to be fair, I, w- I like to say that I've just graduated, but I actually graduated a couple of years ago. So I think I'm still figuring things out at the minute. You know, I, uh, I do a bit of uh, theatre work here and there. I'm kind of bouncing in between Bristol and London at the minute, trying to find uh, where best works for me. But um, yeah, no, I, uh, like I say, I worked a bit in theatre, and I love the creative kind of side of things and uh, projects and stuff like that. So that's what I'm kind of trying to land now. It's just, mm. uh, yeah, anything creative, that's all for me. So, yeah, I'm just seeing everything that's out there, you know, now that I've actually finished uni and I'm accepting yeah. that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, so what did, you, what did you study at uni and where did you go? Uh, so I studied in London and I studied drama just because the dream since being a little kid was to be an actor. But then kind of growing up, I kind of realised how uh, hard that was. there's not really as much stuff out there as you might think but uh yeah I went into that and then I kind of did a bit of photography on the side Mm. and um and modeling as well but yeah my main degree was focused around drama but it kind of fell under one umbrella nice yeah and so all things creative (laughs) exactly again like I said all things creative um (laughs) so what what kind of so tell us a bit about the able model management then that you're essentially it's your company or a side project what what is it about that that you're doing so yeah while I was at uni I kind of uh, like I said I got into a bit of modeling and things like that and uh, I really liked it so I started able model management which is my own thing and it's a modeling agency it started off as a small project but it's slowly turning into a modeling agency for people with disabilities and you know kind of diverse demographics because uh, I started looking at representation as a whole and realizing there wasn't really a lot out there, or as much that you might think. Uh, mm. So yeah, I started looking at that and decided to kind of work on my own little project. And so, yeah, I kind of got together with a couple of people and started Able Model Management. And now we kind of collaborate with clothing companies and sustainable fashion companies and things like that, just to kind of spread and see more representation, like mm. in mainstream media. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're working on now. And like I say, we specialize with you know, the disabled community and uh, mm. pushing that kind of forward. Yeah, no, yeah it's yeah. such a good cause. Um, kind of what, I guess, what inspired you um, to get into modeling? Was it something that, you know, were you approached, were you scouted or was it something like an industry and you saw a gap and you just thought, you know, I'll fill that space? Do you know what it was, Harry, right? So basically, <laughs> I was actually out on a night out and I'd 
just chucked on a funky shirt. I think it was like the funkiest thing I had back then. <laughs> and this person came up to me and they thought I was a model. And they were like, wow, you can really be a model. And then I went out on a uni night out the following week and someone else said the same thing. So I was like, no you know what? I'm actually going to give this a go. So yeah, I started like looking up projects and that kind of inspired me. And I was like, okay, maybe there's a little something here. I guess, yeah. you know, I am a curly haired boy. So that was kind yeah. of niche back then. And uh, yeah, I got into a couple of projects and really enjoyed doing that. You know, it was great fun on set and I, I, I just had a blast doing it. So yeah. I was looking for more and more stuff. But then like I say, as I kind of went through it, so I've got a scar myself. Mm -hmm. And um, when I got into modeling projects that, you know, required me to unbutton my T-shirt or shirt mm -hmm. even, uh, I realized that people didn't really like seeing the scar on camera. And mm -hmm. it became like a very different kind of like atmosphere after I started mm -hmm. doing that. So like I say, it was really enjoyable until that started happening. And then I started noticing some little differences. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I mean, that's something, like I say, I just wanted to focus on that. And like, I started looking at projects out there for people with scars. Yeah. And I came across one called Behind the Scars, which was great. And I don't want to knock it. And I went and did a piece on that, which was like literally scar specific modeling. Mm -hmm. and I loved it but at the same time I wondered like why is it necessary to do a scar specific project to do mm -hmm. modeling you know just because I've got this kind of like mark or things yeah like that. you should yeah. be part of like the, the whole thing it should, it should be integrated it shouldn't just be kind of an other on the exactly, side exactly exactly and no so like I loved it but yeah I just started to wonder a little bit about that and yeah, uh, yeah I didn't like that side like side of things so much yeah. I mean, like, talk about putting yourself out there because um, me and Mara have spoken to a couple of people like um, Casa in the last episode, this idea of building a personal brand. But even that, you know, you still choose what you want to put out there. But if you're literally kind of revealing all, you know, you literally are quite physically putting yourself out there. And that, that must be quite vulnerable, quite personal. And to kind of then reflect on that and think, you know, there's a real space here to make change. I think that's just really inspirational and like um, it's a really good kind of justification to start a business or like go into an industry, I think. Um in terms of, I guess, like your team and stuff, like do you work as part of a team and who, who's in that team? Um, and have you always been part of a team? Yeah, so, well, I haven't always been part of a team. When I first kind of came up with this idea of uh, starting Able Model Management and looking at disabilities and representation and things like that, it was just mm -hmm. something that was very personal to me. Because like you said, I was putting myself out there and it was a vulnerable situation. And like mm -hmm. what kind of uh, affects that is when like, like I say, people started turning off the cameras and stuff like that because they, mm. and that's when you start seeing the differences. So I started the whole thing on my own when I just started looking at representation. But then while I was at uni, I met people with, you know, kind of similar interests in fashion. I mm. met people who had backgrounds, like similar backgrounds to me in terms of like modeling and things like that and just had like a lot of drive in that industry. So I kind of like spoke to them and told them what I was thinking of doing and uh, how I was planning on doing it. And yeah, I started working with like two of my best friends, Ryan mm. and Joel, so they're like the co-founders of AMM, essentially. Mm. And after like a couple of months is when they kind of joined the team. And again, they studied drama with me. So we're quite uh, mm. creative and loud, which yeah. I think kind of works on set. It definitely works on set <laughs> and we have loads of good ideas. But uh, yeah, I couldn't ask for better people, better people to work with just because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, you know, working with friends is great. It can be difficult, but it's just great because, you know, especially when they have like similar interests and like a similar drive to you. Yeah. It's just kind of great to it's really be a nice part of that how, team. It's really nice how I guess whilst you were at uni, you kind of took that initiative to, although it was a personal experience for you, um, you used your resources in uni, you know, you found people who maybe had a similar interest and then you were able to, to essentially create an awesome company. And um, I think that's amazing. What kind of, what kind of other steps did you have to take at uni? Because I think, 
a lot of our listeners are students or are studying somewhere. And I always think there's that, that um, reluctance to start anything because, okay, you've got your degree, like, are you going to be wasting time on that? Like, what were the things you guys did? Or did you just like integrate it within, within your work? And how, how did that work? So a lot of my uh, degree was like performance based, obviously. Uh, you know, doing drama and things like that. And so it came to like, when it came to doing my own piece or like bits on stage, I was always interested in like representation on stage or representation in like limelight. So I was lucky enough to be able to integrate some stuff, like some of, you know, my work into that. Like I had a bit of knowledge on disabilities and I had a bit of like background and experience in like research that I'd done in the past due to this degree. Um, but at the same time, like, for people, you know, who are doing degrees and they're worried about wasting a bit of time and things like that, I think it's that you feel so much pressure when you're doing a degree to go off into a career that mm. is kind of like something to do with your degree. Mm. Whereas like, you know, I'm still in a creative outlet, but personally, like all three of us took a step away from actually acting. And, you mm. know, now we're not in front of the cameras, we're behind the cameras. And we're like just managing that side of things. So like, yeah, um, yeah I think that was a, just an interesting step because, you know, as much as you want to be in front of the camera and be like the main, the main mm. point of view and stuff, is sometimes it's nice to yeah, just I guess take that step back and uh, yeah. do it for someone else. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, become like the kind of the control, or I guess the the director. Um, exactly, and you know we we've all written our own plays and things like that. So like, yeah. in a way, it's kind of similar to that because yeah. we can choose what we're shooting, we can choose who we're working with, we can choose the themes of the shoot. So yeah. it's almost like creating a piece like that. So yeah, like, I mean like my. My degree experience does help, but at the same time, it is a different field. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That doesn't. I guess it's like it's, it's the passion to be like, I guess put yourself out there and be creative and tell a story a bit. Like whether you do that through like acting and drama, or you do it through like a a moving photograph, or like exactly, a model, yeah. you, know, you can still achieve something quite impressive. And um, like we we are telling like all our model stories as well. Exactly. So and even like more that. so, you know, it, it's less black and white than perhaps like the traditional industry because there's even more of a story to tell and yeah, it's exactly. often not told. Um, yeah, fully it. And don't you have quite a nice story about how kind of um, you met your team and you first got to work, wasn't it, in Bristol actually? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, obviously I met them in London, but then when we started like piecing this bit together and like yeah. everything that we were doing, we met in a cafe in Bristol called Little Victories. Yeah. And like, it was just like a strong point for me because... I think it's really daunting when you have this idea of, you know, something you, you want to do and where you want it to get to. It can be really mm -hmm. overwhelming when you see like that big picture. But then, you know, it's like the irony of being in Little Victories and kind of having our first meeting there and being like, OK, yeah, this is where we want to get to. But we want to take it one step at a time and we've got yeah. to focus on the little wins. And then mm -hmm. so, yeah, like our motto, our team motto is like, you know, focus on the little victories and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, is incredibly important to us. Just That's like having that first yeah. meeting there and yeah. yeah, just focusing on those little baby steps. It's yeah. amazing because also for anyone listening in Bristol, definitely go there. It's such a good cafe, the banana bread. It's amazing. <laughs> that banana um, bread is amazing. It's yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, I think I think that kind of perspective of celebrating those li like little things, because I think it's so easy to just get wrapped up in your ultimate goal, which is great. But I think... It's that, well, I mean, Harry and I always say it, it is the journey that is really important and probably more important. So, yeah, celebrating those those little things. And I think, because um, I know you've mentioned this before about, um, well, I guess it's interesting to ask you, when you were in that point where obviously the fashion industry is huge, what was it yeah. like for you, I guess, to think, can you make a difference or... Um, 
that mindset of like, well, who, like, you know, because you always get that kind of, oh, who am I to kind of change something? But what was that yeah, like? Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. Like, so, uh, well, you said it yourself, the fashion industry is a massive thing. So when you look at tackling something into that, you, you feel kind of minuscule because mm. you're like, well, I'm just one person. And like, uh, when I did start things, there was a moment before where I was waiting for someone else to do it because I was like, mm. well, who am I to do it? You know, like, I'm just me. What, like, how can I really make a difference kind of thing? But mm. like, um, yeah, when no one else was doing it, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give it a go. And uh, it's just about, yeah, believing in yourself because every corporation, every kind of business you look at and you think, wow, that's big and that's successful, all started with like a simple idea, mm. you know? So it's about, yeah, uh, whether you're doing it on your own or whether you're doing it with people, it all starts at the beginning. And mm. so it's just about... I guess, believing in yourself. And if you have an idea, the hardest bit is always starting, but just make a plan. Yeah. And uh, that's what we did. And yeah, like, uh, you know, depending on whether it becomes amazing and global and things like that, you know, as we plan, or mm. it stays local and stuff, we're, the models we work with, we're immediately changing mm -hmm. perspectives and we're changing views and things like that. And already yeah. that's a success. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, success isn't just like a big thing. Yeah. It can be like more so local. You mentioned about like, you know, telling the stories of the models and, you know, really making that kind of disruptive impact in this industry. Can you tell us a bit more about that wider issue of representation in the fashion industry or generally and like how are there barriers to that? Like, are you is it quite tough to be able to equally represent um, disabilities and what what does that include? Like, is it all disabilities or what what for you guys as a, as a company is that about? Okay, that is a big question, but <laughs> it's loaded. Uh, th there, no, there's definitely an answer to it. So I think, well, when you look at it, you know, and you're looking at ASOS and stuff, mm -hmm. how many times are you on ASOS and you see someone with a disability, do you know what I mean? So open mm -hmm. on like a, a main page. And I think, again, I don't want to knock anything because there are companies that are doing projects. Like mm -hmm. I think River Island did one specifically with models who have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And again, that's great. But they do that and then it goes to one side. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. like you're browsing and you're like okay let's search top on river island and you're going through the tops and it's like able-bodied able-bodied someone with down syndrome someone in a wheelchair able-bodied it's able-bodied 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 and the mm. down syndrome section is to a side so i think mm. that's where the issue lies it's like yeah it's great and it's there but it seems like i, I hate saying it but it seems like a publicity kind of stunt or like a quota you know I mean? kind of thing exactly and it's like like my story and like uh having to do the scar specific shoot it was great to be a part of but it's, a, mm -hmm. it's its own separate thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it has to be around a topic on disability for you to get involved in and stuff. So I think yeah. that is an issue because there isn't then a lot of equality, you know, and there isn't a lot of opportunities. And that's when people can start to feel invisible because, you know, I've worked with people who have forms of dwarfism and they'll go mm -hmm. to a shop and the only really section that they can shop in is the kids section where it's got cartoon dinosaurs, but their mates mm -hmm. are getting, you know, like really nice jackets or tops and things like that. And they're limited to what they can buy. So, yeah, I think there's yeah, a moment where people can just feel invisible because, uh, you know, it's a, everything's so separated. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Sorry, Maya, I forgot the rest of your question. I was so focused on that first bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing answer. I actually I do have a follow-up question to that, but I'll, I'll stick to the first. But um, I guess for you guys as a company, um, yeah. do you represent anyone and everyone with a disability or what does that uh, kind of yeah. mean yeah, for so you guys? I think when it comes to like disabilities, obviously you have the more visible ones and the invisible ones, mm -hmm. and each of them, you've got to focus on different types of representation because everyone 
like each one has its own boundary. So for example, if you have a visible disability, it's hard for people to look past it and look at the person that's living with it rather than like everyone immediately focuses on the, focuses on the disability, you know? Whereas someone with a more invisible disability, everyone just kind of expects them to be, you know, able-bodied. Yeah. And so they're, each one faces different challenges. So we work with everyone. We work with visible and non-visible just because I think like, like I say, we just need to get representation out there all kind of field and all kind of scopes and stuff. So like mm. I think with visible disabilities, the way we work is, you know, we tell their story. The image is there that, for example, we work with models in wheelchairs. Sometimes they're not in their wheelchair. We put them on a stool and then the wheelchair is behind them. And then it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like a metaphor, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it means yeah. that they're focused on the person mm. in front and then the disability is kind of like the second thing they see. Yeah. yeah. So that's like how we tackle that. And then in terms of like invisible disabilities, when we tell their story, it's very explicitly said in like their blog section or the section where we write about them, what their disability is, what the symptoms are and things yeah. like that. So, you know, you can see what the struggles are. And again, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just about accepting that everyone is a human. Everyone is mm -hmm. able, everyone, you know, can yeah. do things, but like it's our own, I guess, perspective on them that causes these limitations. So that's kind of what we're challenging. A hundred percent. I think, you know, even you've said like about this kind of invisible, I think it's, it's so much more widespread than you'd ever consider. If you start to consider people that have these kind of invisible disabilities and it might not even be what you, they might not even consider it a disability, but I'm sure when you were first scouted, the person that scouted you wasn't thinking any more than like, there's a good looking lad. He's got the, like, he meets oh, these you. criteria, but you're so much more than that. And I think it's really important that we tell the whole story and tell the whole of you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I agree with that. Like, I, you know, I still face it now. Obviously, I've got the heart condition. Yeah. Um, but when I park in a blue badge, because, uh, you know, sometimes I get out of breath, mm. I'm always stared at, you know what I mean? And people yeah. don't believe it. And they think I'm kind of like cheating the system. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah. out there. It's kind of like... Is that... Do you think that's like... I mean, this is quite a heavy question, but is it a society <laughs> thing? Like, is it people who could make this change? Or do you think it's more to do with the media? And like, it's so ingrained in the industries that now is there no hope of changing it? Like, where do you think that comes from and where like change can happen? Is it like from us guys? So from bottom up? Or do you think it has to be? I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, that, is a, that is a big question. <laughs> and um, I don't think there's ever no chance of changing things yeah. you know i don't think it's ever like oh my god it's too late let's like let's just end it there i think um yeah i think you know you have influences and things like that and when you see an influencer like i know a youtuber you follow by something you're immediately interested in things so it helps when it comes from the top mm. down and uh but i think it often takes you know bottom like the people who are kind of living with that mm -hmm. up you know like so that they kind of have to start something and then you know it's nice if like the kind of bottoms and tops, for lack of a better word, kind of like help each the other middle, out, you know? The middle. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone meets in the middle, let's say that. Everyone yeah. meets in the I middle. Like and uh, yeah, it kind of helps each other. So I think the change can happen, but it's just going to come from everyone. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's an interesting work. point because I think often kind of the media and society has almost seen as two separate things, sometimes enemies, but actually in reality, it's sort of just a spectrum, you know, they, A, they feed into each other, you know, what, the, mm. what society kind of believes is acceptable is what the media is going to pay into, because otherwise they'll consider it not to be 
profitable, it won't sell because that's not what people want. And but then it the works ba backwards, doesn't it? Because if media's all, if more media is putting out is what that, then the narrative for the society is never going to change. So it just, it does just kind of reverse round. And I think at one point someone's got to decide, you know, I'm going to be the bigger person or I'm going to be the bigger brand, bigger business and put yourself out there. And that's clearly what you're doing. And I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Exactly. And I think like when you kind of get involved in it, like when I got involved, it felt, I felt very alone. You know, I had my, myself and my team and I was like, mm. okay, where do I start? I was very new to the whole thing. But once you kind of like get into it and you start like, for example, with inclusion, everyone wants to do it. You know, companies are out there actively wanting to change things. But yeah. no one knows where to start because no one's doing mm -hmm. it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's a tricky one because no one's starting, so no one's doing it, so no yeah. one knows where to go. And it's, it's just a constant circle. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. then, like, the irony is you said at the start, you know, you weren't sure, you're kind of waiting for someone else to start. You know, someone else would be more qualified and you kind of get that imposter syndrome. But actually you're probably the most qualified because it's not mm. the people that are up in white suits, you know, 40-year-old white men that are corporate at the top. They don't know what the hell's going on. It yeah. needs to be yeah. someone that understands it and can empathise. And because you can physically empathise, empathize, yeah. you're so much more qualified. So I guess it is just for our listeners as well to realise that you are so much more qualified just yeah. by being in a situation that you're in. No, agreed. And, like, it's definitely shown, you know, when I do my days on set and things like that, I think people often think, okay, it's going to be... I don't know, like you say, a 40-year-old man or a woman who's had years in the industry you yeah. know, and things like that. But like, and often they're surprised and the parents are surprised, but not in a bad way. Yeah. It just goes mm. to show that like, okay, well, someone's doing something about it. That yeah, exactly. means anyone can do anything about it, mm. you know? And uh, yeah, it does feel great. Like, I do love having that kind of like, um, like I say, I did think I, I, I wasn't qualified, but then like, yeah, just flipping it around and changing perspectives as a whole. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And you I've know, convinced some, myself. Yeah. Something I heard actually, no, I read it today and it makes me laugh because um, they were talking about when you think you're kind of like too small to make a difference or you think like, you know, the cause is way bigger. He, the, the author was um, saying, just think about how much impact a mosquito makes. And it was really interesting because it's like <laughs> they are so small, but oh my God, do they cause like so many issues for us. And I loved it because it's that perspective, like you said, like we can feel quite, you know, underqualified or inexperienced, but ultimately if you can do it and you have the ability to, and you've got some sort of like drive or experience, do it. Like be exactly. that mosquito. Be, be the mosquito, <laughs> but a positive mosquito. Yeah. Yeah. It don't bite. <laughs> don't be causing issues you know yeah. cause good stuff and like <laughs> it, yeah again like I say it's just something that you kind of learn to do and like you learn where to go like mm. I did a shoot in Bristol last week and I met with the Patagonia Bristol team just, I just went into the store and I started telling them about what I do because mm. I've been on their website and they share a similar kind of message to us you know and they're all about sustainable and like they want to do right by the people who live on the world and for the world itself and so when we started talking it was just like immediate interest you know mm. and now they're big supporters Mm. and things like that so again it's something that I started and I was like oh well I don't know if it will go anywhere to now like other companies supporting what I do you know mm. wanting to be involved yeah like, yeah and, and do you find there is kind of a lot of support now that you are kind of breaching those barriers yeah 100 percent 100 percent and like uh, I think yeah the world is definitely evolving yeah and mm. so like uh, it is becoming more inclusive so it's definitely the right time to start doing these things mm -hmm. and um yeah, I think people are, like I said, they're, they're very supportive, just no one knew where to start or no one knew where to yeah. go to do these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, but in terms of, because I always find this quite interesting, um, you've obviously started this as a, a like a project for, for society, like a goodwill project, essentially. Are you, um, are you thinking about becoming like a company? Like, are you, how does that work? Because 
like you know there's the word social enterprise is also like you know put around a bit but like what does that even mean where what are your plans for the company and how are you what are you doing to like take those steps <laughs> so yeah like it started out as goodwill and mm-hmm. it will always be goodwill in the sense of like we have a meeting with the prince's trust foundation right and they're gonna be giving us a week's kind of mentoring class and they're going to take us through all the options they're going to give us contacts and things like that like we've already come a far way but they're just going to help us further um Mm -hmm. and it's not that we don't not want it to be goodwill but if it becomes a a thing where you know we're then financially able to support models if we're Mm -hmm. financially stable within the company we can give more opportunities to models you know Mm -hmm. and that to me is what it is about it's not like okay me ryan and joel and uh that's the success there you Mm -hmm. know we want our models to be out there as much as we are kind of thing. So mm-hmm. like, to me, it will always be like goodwill in the sense that, yeah, we want to give, 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 but to give, 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 we need to kind of like get, you know, and to get, yeah, other yeah. people need to support us. Yeah. So yeah, need I like the idea of it always being goodwill, but yeah, it's just... I guess goodwill don't pay the bill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, goodwill don't yeah. pay the bill, but at the same time, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I want to. I want to give all these opportunities as many as I can. So. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's it's not one or the other. I don't think it needs to be a case of you know because I think too often it's seen as almost like you're either a charity or you're kind of a capitalist company that's just out for profit. But it's, mm. it doesn't have to be like that. There's so much more of a spectrum that you can be on, and you can be there trying to make a difference. And if anything, it it's more powerful if you're up there with the big contenders. You're up there with the other modeling agencies, and you're this one that's actually making a difference as well. You're not just in this kind of other category, which we've already spoke about. You're not just kind of this, you know, social enterprise that's not really up on the stakes because they're not really taking it seriously or they can't really go into that kind of actual market because of this financial limit. So actually, I think it's more powerful to be up there. Exactly. Um, and if you're up there, then you can do as much good as you, you like, as you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Be, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely good to be up with everyone else and then like you say then you kind of worked your way up to the top so you're not like mm. and then it's just the norm you know anymore. by that exactly. point <laughs> yeah and then at that point you can start influencing and helping other people completely yeah. and inspiring yeah. other people so, i think yeah. that's i think that's so relevant because because you're right i think harry like you were saying now more than ever you, you know it is important to look out in the world and what you know socially what can we do and a lot of people i think are disheartened by the fact that they can only they can only make a change if they aren't earning any profit. And ultimately, it's that finding that balance or that sustainability. But I do think it's quite tough to do that. I think that because um, then because then also some people will say, oh, you're just greenwashing or, you know, you're just it is just for the publicity. So it's a mm. really interesting balance to get. And do you think that's a, a barrier that you may come across in the future? Or do you think like or you guys have kind of figured that out? I think when you touch on sensitive topics, it can always, you know, you're always going to be accused of things, mm. you know. Like, because like, like I said, no one else is doing it. So if you find a niche and you're working on that, like you could be doing it from like just the pure of your heart, but there's always going to be people who, who doubt that. Yeah. So, you know, and I personally at the minute, I've never come across people who have been like, oh, you're doing it for this and you're doing it for publicity. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of my models being from the disabled community have often faced a lot of that. You know, mm-hmm. just like doing things for attention or mm. you know uh yeah just being kind of discriminated against because of the way they are and like the struggles that they've had mm-hmm. and stuff so yeah i I, de- I definitely think that is a, a barrier out there and it may be something that we come across but i think we're pretty well equipped now yeah. to be able to deal with it and you know mm-hmm. there's always going to be people 
like I said, mm. you do that. So yeah. you don't always well, have to listen to I think to it's them. kind of it's clear kind of your values and intent were there from the start. And I think yeah. where the difference is is maybe other companies that are up there trying to profit and then they want to kind of gain more of a kind of publicity kind of awareness and then they kind of reverse engineer it, you know, and they kind of, mm. they go back and think, you know, how can I appear this way? And actually we all secretly know they're out there just kind of to jump on that campaign because it gets attention on them so they can then make profit. And actually now the times are changing. I have to adapt. You know, you're almost changing the times. You're the one that's doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, it, well, it's, you know, even I said earlier about, you know, the River Island kind of doing the models with Down syndrome shoot and whether that was publicity or not, like, it's not fair on me to say, you know, I can't say because it could be from like really good intentions. But I think as long as yeah. you know where your values are, you know, and what your intentions are and you can stay true to that, then it doesn't matter what other people say. Just because like, yeah. as long as you're focused on doing right by you, you know, yeah. mm. no, that's, that's what's important. It's so true. And I think, yeah, I guess then, do you have any advice for like other young people or um, students or anyone kind of, you know, in a situation where they're thinking of starting, let's say a social enterprise or even a Goodwill project or whatever it is, um, what would you, I guess, say to them or some things that they could do that's like pr quite practical for them, whether they're at uni or not at uni? I would say, honestly, like, if you have an idea, like we said at the beginning or halfway through or whenever it was when we were in Little Victories and we were saying, mm -hmm. okay, let's focus on the Little Victories because we have this big yeah. idea, mm -hmm. you know, it can be overwhelming. But the hardest thing, honestly, to do is just start. Yeah. So if you have an idea, I'd say make a plan and then make a start because I guarantee 90% of the time it's not going to go the way you planned it to. But as you're doing it, you know, you might feel underqualified like I did, but you kind of try it one way. And if it doesn't work, you, you're like, okay, I'll do it another way. And then that works. And mm -hmm. then you do that again and it works again. You know, and if you try something else and it works great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you can try it another way. And so I'd say if you have an idea, make a plan. And just get it started because that is just the hardest bit and then the rest mm. does come to you and you kind of learn as you're going along yeah mm -hmm. so yeah start 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 i want to see <laughs> what everyone's doing i want to know what plans is, people it is have. so true though yeah i think yeah. i think you're so right because i think um sometimes it's like you can have that idea and you can plan so much but ultimately it is that like physically starting it which is really um just like yeah it's always just seems a lot bigger of a barrier than it than it is um but I guess yeah. start small, you know, you don't have to go exactly. straight. The little exactly, because you can make a plan, but like <laughs> yeah. you say, it's never it's never really going to go that way. It's never really yes. going to go to plan when you first start. Yeah. Yeah. So like you can plan as much as you want, but just get it started. Yeah. And mm. once you get it started, then it will come together. Maybe you know maybe I mean? everyone just needs to go to Little Victories, get that banana bread, and then they're going to all have all these ideas. <laughs> and like, you know. That's what it is. It's the banana bread that inspired me. Yeah. I do. <laughs> one, really, one quick thing that I just thought of is, um, why? so why did you name it Able Body Management? Able, able model. model management because <laughs> yeah got that wrong because um it's really interesting <laughs> that you use the word able when obviously like you're representing i guess i understand it but like what was the thinking behind that because yeah because you know everyone i think the thinking was behind it is everyone is able and yeah. at the end of the day fashion is also for everyone mm -hmm. so the two went kind of hand in hand so like everyone is able to wear clothes do you know what i mean yeah. mm -hmm. and uh yeah it just I, I guess I wanted to take the negativity away from the word disabled and things like that mm. because, mm. you know, I see all these things and they're 100% true, which is like the only disability is like a negative outlook on like someone or something and the challenges they're facing. Every, like there, there will be limitations and people who do live with disabilities naturally have limitations, but, you know, and that's for them to decide. 
No, so, so true. And I think the kind of the point you've made throughout this episode is that we're all like so abled. Like it's not even a matter of can you or can't you. It's just get going, get started. And I think you're kind of, you've really shown that, you know. Um, so yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, but yeah, everyone's able. And I guess that's the point. Able model management. Yeah. You know? 100%. No, it's, been, it's been so great. And everyone definitely check out. I mean, we will put like, you know, your Instagram, like your projects that you're doing. Because they are amazing. And um, mm. not going to lie, I was part of them myself. Yeah, <laughs> Colour of Beauty. Was it Beauty? No, Colour of Beauty, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're part of the, uh, our project, you know, that looks at uh, BAME and representation in kind of culture and community and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And it was great to have you there. It was great to have you there. <laughs> Smashed it. Yeah, so I trust me, the, the work is amazing. So, it's really, really good. Um, but, yeah, it's been really, really cool having you on here. And I think um, we haven't really spoken to guests so far who are, you know, doing social enterprises or on this journey. So, it's really, it's been really nice to hear some really um i guess real insights into that industry and just what the steps you are taking so i think it's been really helpful and i've definitely learned loads mm. well thank you and yeah no thank you for having me it's been great to be here it's been great to chat and catch <laughs> up and yeah just uh, kind of talk about what we're doing Fab. well cool. see you all in little victories in a little bit then <laughs> <laughs> see ya see you guys Bye.